Kipper and Bourne. The no smoke up your ass hockey show. <laughs> Coming in hot today. Did you hear that, Sammy? Yes. <laughs> the producer squirms. I love it. Because I'm telling you, there's a little smoke out there. And we're going to get into that. A couple of days ago, I put out a tweet talking about Jack Campbell. Thought of him getting a new contract. A few people refuting that story, JB. How dare they? So we'll get into that a little later because I don't want to take away the attention of what is arguably the biggest win of the season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Is that safe to say, Sammy? You okay with that? Yeah. I think I'm very, very comfortable saying that was the biggest win of the year for the Leafs. No doubt. You were there. Well, you got a takeaway for us from last night's uh, hockey game, Sam? Yes. Uh, Anthony Sorelli, I love. Braden Point, I love. Victor Hedman, I love. But the Leafs were great, too. Yeah, but, whoa. But I, I, it's been a while since I've watched them play in person, yeah. and you kind of, you know, you forget what certain, like, what really elite guys look like in person. I mean, you watch Matthews, you watch Marner, like, you get to get treated to watch those guys. But seeing guys from other markets, boy, it feels like Victor Hedman, every time he pinches, he's down below the red line. And then before you even know it, he's back above the first guy back. He's just, he's breathtaking. So Four strides back. Eh? Great. Uh, crowd was really bad in the first two periods and then amazing in the third. And it didn't give much to cheer about. So great time at the game. Really enjoyed that win. I uh, thought they earned it. So it was so, great. JB, it, do you take more than what it really was? out of it and i'll get into what i thought it really was but was there a bar set by the stanley cup champions and uh did the leafs kind of take a next step out of that hockey game last night i want to get your thoughts on that first I, i think they stepped into a clearer definition of what they are Uh, I believe a wise man once said they are what we thought they were, which is they are a team that goes as the four superstars up front go. When those guys play well, they win. They got all four guys playing well, they win. None of them play well, they lose. And anywhere in the middle, eh, that's kind of a toss-up. I thought those guys have been good for four games in a row now. They Over that four-game streak, um, I believe Marner has seven points. Tavares has six. Matthews has five. Nylander has four. They've been good. They win hockey games. There's no secret to it. That's also been part of the problem in playoffs. You shut those guys down. You can't, you know, there's not much else. But when they're good, they win. Listening to Sheldon Keefe after, I think, I don't know. Do we have a clip of that at all, uh, Sammy, or no? No, no, Sheldon. We're going to give him a break today uh, off of uh, <laughs> we, we did lean on him heavy this clips, week. But there's still a, a, a strong sense listening to him last night that, uh, it was a game where you expect them to come out blazing against the Stanley Cup champions, and that wasn't the case. It was not a very good period by the Toronto Maple Leafs. They're only down one nothing, but the posts were good. JB, I'm still, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be staying on this all season long, and I just, I, I go to style of play with them, and even that first goal that Tampa scores maroon. I'm watching Jake Muzzin go deep with the puck. and what they want to do, right? Use everyone. No, but like, why, why is that? Like, you, you got to be aware of who's on the ice. And that was What are you going to say, Pat Maroon's out here? I can't, oh, for your Spets, forwards. For your forwards. Okay, I don't yeah. care who's on for the other team. Yeah. 
You're on with Spezza's line. You're on with the fourth line, and you are a shutdown, stay-at-home defenseman. You have no business trying to go score a goal with that line already all deep. Yeah, you know what? Two things would have been good. Brody to just shoot that from the absolute slot there, perfect spot, or for Muzzin to get it on his stick and shoot it. He had about three seconds before Vasilevsky knew he had it. So either of those options would have been just fine. Uh, how close was Muzzin coming back on that play from killing Jake or uh, Jack Campbell? It was a Jake or a Jack. One of the two was going <laughs> to die. It was going to be a head-on collision. He almost went through the crossbar. I could have used old Nick Ritchie on that one, too. I know, I know we're trying to lay off him, but I could have used him to take a couple of strides. Down one nothing. Pick a guy. Yeah, after that, okay. Down one nothing. Keeping it close against them, obviously uh, a good response. Did you get a sense, though, that that once Tampa got up, that they were almost trying to play playoff shutdown hockey, that they, they honestly believed that they were going to take this thing home? And they probably should have if it wasn't for Victor Hedman and yeah. that bonehead play that we'll never see again. I know. That was an absolute anomaly from that guy. No, it's... You know, Tampa Bay has really learned how to take all their talented guys and get them to play in a we're not really going to trade chances type of hockey game, right? Like they're able to shut things down, tighten it up in a way that for years I think has been the model for teams like Toronto to say, boy, if we could get in a shell like that, it would be really nice. Um, you know, but still, even with that, Campbell had to be spectacular for that to be a one nothing game that late in the in in the it was. third there. He, he was making huge 10 bellers he really was i mean that was a game where if he gives up even a, a, a halfway week one the leafs go okay well we're not getting two on tampa we're not getting two on vasilevsky who i thought uh you know the the wayne simmons breakaway really highlighted the odds of ever scoring on a deke on vasilevsky which good luck with the legs on that guy well you'd mentioned the big four and that's stringing some good games together so this should line up well for the Boston Bruins. But just to kind of get back to last night's game, Sammy, uh, what did you thought of the Sergachev hit? Of course, news came down, uh, what, 45 minutes ago that he'll be suspended for two games for that illegal check to the head on, on Mitch Marner. I, I didn't see a ton of force. I saw, I definitely saw a head hit. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised it's two games. I got to be quite honest with you. You know, you and I both looked at the Paquette hit on Zegras and went, ah, you know, I, I know this. And God, I always worry about sounding like I didn't think it was that bad. You know, like Zegras was headed that way with a puck. He kind of turned at the last second. I didn't think Paquette, uh, Paquette took any strides. Two games seemed like a lot. This one, I thought it was everything that you would define as a headshot, like coming from the blind side, get him in the head, but like barely moving. You know, so I, I thought he might get a game. Two games is, again, pretty stiff, stiff so, punishment. Well, we, I, we didn't see a ton of force on that hit, though. No, but I think what made it worse and what probably led to it being two as opposed to one is that Marner didn't really have a chance to defend himself in terms of protecting because he was getting hooked already. Like, his whole body oh, yeah. was out of the play, right? Like, he had no he had no bearing on where he was because of how badly of the, the old guy at Beer League hook that Hedman gave him. He had no chance to kind of get around it, and he got hit. The intent was bad. I thought it deserved a game. I'm surprised it was two. But, yeah, 
the thing I love most about it was the response from Tavares. Like, I, you know, that's not something you really see from him a whole lot. Like, you've talked about wanting him to play a little bit more mad this season, and I think that's stop been there a bit. It, Sammy. He, it was a good response it. from him. He it went was, after It him. wasn't enough for Kipper. It was. Well, he supposed to it was drop the great, gloves and drop it, kick him? Like, Sam, I thought it was good. Sam, it was a great response. Yeah. From a guy who is not, it's not him. I know. It's just not him. Which I loved. But I, you know what no, I thought? No, 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 no. I thought of Colorado at, watching Nate McKinnon stand up and fight a guy after his teammate got run the other day. Look at the big picture, Sam. Just don't focus on Tavares here. And I'm not taking away what John tried to do. You like that, the energy, the I pushback. I loved it. The, but good, good on you, John. he's not. But it's big picture here. It's not what I saw out of John. It's what I didn't see from the rest of the team. Wow. Okay. That's the issue here. Is that I'm just bringing Mitch Marner. Sergachev had a fight it was a country club for him the rest of the game. I saw nothing out of anybody. It should have been a very long night for that guy. And all you have is John Tavares going in there. Think about this for a second. When you do something like that, when you have a response to Sergachev, that's just not a message to Sergachev. And it's just not a message to the Tampa Bay Lightning. It's a message to everybody who's watching. It's a message to every team. No, no. It's a message to every other team out there who's watching this. Because if I'm the Boston Bruins now and I watch that game, you know what I got out of that game? Hey, boys. Don't go after Mitch Marner. Tavares might come after you. <laughs> Ooh, okay. All right, I think I can live with that. That's all you got if you're the Boston Bruins and you watch that. Kipper, I'm looking at the lineup. Who's on the ice with them? It's John Tavares. You want Alex Kerfoot's not going to go be that guy. But I sent her a tweet during the game saying that somebody else should go over there and just look at him, mean. You okay. know? Like, I, I didn't want to be in Neanderthal, but, like, that's a rotten hit on one of your best players. And Tavares stood rotten up. Rotten hit. But, rotten hit. But I wouldn't have minded... You Wayne know, Simmons? The, yeah, just going over there and maybe giving him a cross-check and, and talking and, to him. And just make it noticeable. Correct. And make sure that you're telling everybody, your teammates, your opponents, 18,000 fans, and every team that's going to play us the rest of the year. You don't get freebies on Mitch Marner, okay? Mm-hmm. And you're telling them, I'm coming after you. Not John Tavares, who doesn't really do this. Not in his personality. Not in his uh, DNA. That's what you needed to do. It's just not in their DNA. Well, I it's, agree. It's an issue. I agree. Then that, then that is fine. Sammy, you that's not a concern to you. Team issue. Well, do you think it's an issue, I'm just JB? Looking, it's Sandine. It's Lilligren. It's Riley. It's Brody. It's you know, like where is it going to come from? Richie, Richie, Wayne Simmons. The list kipper. Yeah, I mean Richie begging for something good to happen. I think it could have been a pretty good opportunity. And he was okay. I thought he had his best game as a Leaf last night. You're right. It could have been a real good game had he. Yeah, maybe. Like, listen, the Leafs won the game. It's two points. I know, I know. We should probably not. No, 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 no. But I agree. I agree with what Kipper's saying. And I said it last night during the game. I don't think there was enough of a message sent to a guy who takes a headshot at your best player. So I I guess Sergeyev at some point early – Went by and apologized to oh, Mitch Marner. How sweet so, is that? All is good again. That's, uh, that's a thing now. Hey, oh, well, he apologized? Oh, we can't. 
we can't do anything. Oh, I'm sorry now. for taking that. So in in his interview, he said that Sergey Jeff came by and said, "My bad, <laughs> my bad." My, he apologized. Oh, my bad. Bobby, sorry about your brain. And he promised them, I think, dinner if they come down to Tampa Bay. I guess I don't know what else was promised, but the apology apparently calmed everything down. So I guess the flip side is that you know you send old Richie out there to talk to him. He takes the only penalty, and then we're whining about him taking a stupid yeah. penalty, and they shoot one in the net. No. And by the and, way, I, I love no. Sergachev. And you can't get a, and no. you can't get three past Vasilevsky. That's that's the other side of this. No. No, no, no. That's not either or. I would say you do Sammy. that in game 11. It's not either or. And if you need to kill one, you kill one. That's a good one to kill. Boys get up to kill those, eh? That's a thing. So the Leafs find a way. They find a way despite uh, that mi- minor frustration. They get through, and uh, John Cooper after the game goes, I don't know. Okay, no, I-, I didn't think that the-, the Leafs beat us. I think we beat ourselves. The frustrating part is, like, I didn't feel like the Leafs beat us. I feel like we just beat ourselves. And that was painfully evident um, after the first period. You know, the second period was just not the way we want to play the game. Tampa had ample opportunities to put the game away. Early. And the Leafs tried really hard to give the game away. On a couple occasions in the third period. Yep. Who said yup? Yep. That was, Is that a Sheldon yup? No, that's Babs. a Babs yup. I didn't get Babs. One more time. Yep. Oh, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's... They did, like, you, you were talking, JB, again, like, here's the biggest thing that I notice is that out of the 12 forwards... Everybody loves their cookies. Sure. And, and I'm watching again Spetz's line, 12 minutes to go. He's out there with Bunting and Simmons. And they're all in the blue paint, down one nothing, looking for a cookie. Well, you're looking for a goal. You're down one nothing. If not then, then so, when? So, 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 but you're going to look now with three guys in the blue paint. Because you know what happened? But three seconds later, other way I'm guessing, point on a hundred and forty foot clear cut breakaway. Mm-hmm. That's that's not how you win in the playoffs. This has been a JB. thing. This has been a thing with the Leafs in the playoffs. I think about the Columbus series where they pushed and pushed, and you would say they controlled the play, ozone possession, time. And then they kind of get in this mode where they're only thinking about that goal and beating Corpus Allo or beating Merzlikens, and all of a sudden, one chance the other way, and it's like, ah. Sh-. And that's what happened. But they didn't put it away. Like yeah. Braden Point, one of the so best, one K- of the best goal scorers credit. in playoff history now. And we're going to give him a 140-foot breakaway uh, because everybody's trying to tie the game up. That's the thing is like, they get that, that mode where but like, here, we here's need the, the next here, one. Here's the mode that you need. Out of a fourth line, energy and responsibility. Yes. But that's not how this fourth line is built, right? Spezza is not your prototypical fourth line guy. Yeah, you better start thinking about getting a a new fourth line because this one thinks that they're, when they're on the ice. Third and a half? they're, they're, They're on the first line. When they're on the ice, they think still like they're on the first line. 
Leave that to the Matthews, the Marners, Tavares's, and the Nylander. They're going to have to cheat. But if everybody's kind of cheating for that goal, you get you had ample opportunity to give the game away. Yeah, to finish yourself. And listen, I'm with you. Take some positives out of this. And one of them is that you came back. And that's great because it gives you a feeling the rest of the year if you're down a goal, even if the ice is tilted. Chicago you're, you're did, just, it, did it as well. You're right. Yeah. And it's just one shift away from tying the game or sending it in overtime and, and, and finding a way to get two points. I, I get all of that. But there's still stuff that you're seeing in that lineup that uh, suggests that uh, not, not everybody understands their roles. Yeah. Well, you know what, though? I wonder, this is something that's fundamentally different with this Leafs team. Like, the third pair, typically, on a NHL team, third defensive pair, has been a couple of guys who kill your penalties and dump it off the glass and out, and you just go, okay, that's what those guys do. The Leafs have Sandy and Lilligren. And they're saying, if there's defensive plays, you know, issues, we're going to put out Muzzin and Brody and our top guys. Same with the fourth line here. This fourth line, you don't, you used to dump it in and forecheck, and that's what your fourth line did. These guys, Richie scored 15 last year. Spez is a scorer. They don't dump it in. That's, you know, if you want defensive starts, they put out the third line. It's camp and caution, whatever. So you have a third, a fourth line and a bottom pair that aren't, they're different. And I think that it's not by mistake. I think that's a Dubas thing. I think he thinks you can win in a different way than typically how it's done in the NHL. Hasn't proven to work yet, but I do think that's a fundamental difference between yeah. the Leafs and other teams. Yeah, maybe in year six for Dubas, it'll finally work. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> like, well, I do think, and there's an element of, of belief. I think that he believes he has flipped the the, t- the coin. Heads or tails, 10 times, and it's come up the, the first five times heads. He's just waiting for it to come up tails once, come up his way. I think they believe luck has been so really not on their side. Three or four minutes after Braden Point's clear-cut breakaway, Lilligren loses a one-on-one battle with Palat, and uh, Sandin's cheating a little bit up the, the neutral zone, and Stamkos is in all alone against Campbell. I've heard of him. He's a good scorer. <laughs> so yeah. let me ask you, Sammy. If Hedman actually lifts the puck out into the zone and, what, 25, 30 seconds, clicks off the clock, and they lose this game one nothing, mm-hmm. what is the narrative today? It's a good question. Big Kipper. guys can't score and when I, it gets tough. That's been, what it is, right? They play a good team. The big guys can't. They just can't get it done against the the, the better teams when they lock it down. You think that's the that's narrative? What, that's what, of course it is. Oh my god! No, they win against a depleted Vegas and Detroit hey, and Chicago. When right. Tampa comes to down, they right. can't score. I thought all all on a <laughs> flip of a puck. Yeah. Yeah. They would actually you know what the real conversation would have been. Would have been about that five on three. That's all we would be talking about. The one at the end of the first period. I got to say, I feel for those guys. I have never been as frustrated watching the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think in my entire life, and I've sat through some really bad hockey. Yeah. And that five on three was, I, it was almost like a microcosm for this. I I was always a power play guy. That was I was a power play flank guy through my whole career. And I get the whole five on three looking like that. It is so frustrating, but it happens. Like I know it's supposed to be easy. Shoot. (laughs) <laughs> show a touch of urgency. It was so hard to watch. It's just like they were just 
you know, meandering around. We got yeah. two minutes here. Let's just meander a little bit. Let's have a For sure. You know what I There's love to do? Like, go, go, go. You know like to, I want to pass again. Let's have another hard, crisp pass. So just shoot the puck, it's man. Look pretty hard, crisp pass on Nylander's game winner. Yeah. No, you don't mind that. You know what's funny, though, is I saw him shoot one previous, almost, a mid, I don't know, 30 seconds earlier in overtime. I was like, that's not the one we want. And then he fires in the net, so I'll just shut up. The way she goes. No, I think, it, I, I, yeah, I think the conversation's there about how the guys can't score, but I also think there's a conversation about how they kind of hung with another contender. Like, we're going back to that Carolina conversation where it's like, you're measuring yourself against a contender and you had a better performance against a contender than the last time you did or whatever. I think that conversation's there as well. I, I, uh, when we left the show yesterday, I said, uh, Tampa by a goal, low-scoring game. You did, and I, I was, and I said Toronto by a goal. So uh, yeah. the flip of the puck, I said four three in right shootout. So <laughs> <laughs> they they do have an ability to not give up a lot of goals. I mean, that's been mm-hmm. it's been there since last season. Yeah. So, but quality chances that they that they've given up this year, the grade A chances. You're talking Leafs, yes, that yeah. they've given up. So. The, uh, Tampa Bay going into that game was uh, one of the best few teams in the NHL at uh, not giving up rush chances. And the Leafs had like nothing for a huge proportion of that game. You could see that, you know, this is what you're talking about. Having the offensive guys that make that commitment to defense, still a major weakness for the Leafs is way too many pucks headed their way on on rushes. And not even odd man rushes, just even man two on twos. Well, you know, guys are flying up through the neutral zone. And it just goes to kind of my my thinking that everybody's trying to score. Everybody wants their goals. Bunting, of course, has got a lot to prove at this level, right, over a consistent 82-game mm-hmm. season. Spezza's been able to put incredible points up in 12 minutes, 12 and a half minutes. Simmons still likes to score. He was arguably one of the best power play. He had stretches where he was arguably one of the best power play power forwards in the game that's why he he got his salary up to five million a year but you aren't those guys anymore it's tough tough to accept but you're right it has to happen spezza what's made spezza so effective at this late in his career is an acceptance of being a 12 minute a game guy you know simmons by the way was wonderful but he he still has an occasional toe drag where you're like oh where it's like don't forget That was good maybe 12 years ago. Yeah. Remember when you were in Ottawa? That was really good, and you could get away with that because you were a frontline guy, and you, you you play the percentages of how many points you can get because of that skill compared to how many times you turn the puck over, but you can't do it on, on a third or fourth line. Right. One thing I also wanted for us to talk about is how in the group chat last night, uh, Kiprios says to us, Sammy, oh, you know, yeah. 34 is going to get 16 back. I don't have the exact text. Uh, was it 34 is going to get 16 back? And it was two shifts later. Marner's back on Matthew's line. Do you think that's going to be a permanent thing here? I mean. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Where was the. I don't. I'm looking at the time. Yeah. The t- I think it was like 732. I said, boys. <laughs> How long before Matthews and Marner are back together? Yeah, and it was mere moments before we saw seven twenty-eight. Seven twenty-eight. This keeps up. Sixteen will be with thirty-four very soon. And then I sent a text at eight twenty-five. So it was almost an hour. All so right. they it Pretty was good. the second period. So Pretty there you good. go. So that's, I, I wonder so that's if that's going to be a design. thing. 
just to keep Matthews happy when it's not uh, humming for him? Or what? I would imagine Matthews has had a few conversations with Sheldon about uh, getting 16 back on his line. You know, we had this conversation before where Sam said, have you ever been on a team where a guy on the bench has like said to the coach, hey, give put me back with whoever? And I said, never. I can't imagine hearing a teammate say that. I'd be like, really? You know, because for one, it's asking for a guy off your line as well, which is quite the public statement to make. And you said that you have when, seen it before? When it was, yes. When it was early, uh, Matthews and, and Marner weren't thrilled about Hyman. Didn't want to play with Hyman. That's when Hyman, very true. When, when, when Hyman first started, it was, he was a role player. He was a dump and chase guy. Not His reputation skill. has changed in a big way from when he started oh, playing a, with those guys. A complete 180. Yeah. A complete 180. But that they they would they would make it clear can, we, can I have some more skill so it it constantly goes on with the big boys constantly i mean yeah, make that much money you're kind of calling your own shots talking about mark messier one foot over the boards looking at the coach going <laughs> who's up uh uh you are <laughs> the, the who's up with the foot dangling with the over the foot boards. dangling over yeah. the boards that's great let did him know. I, like did, you do, did, you do show did, the coach though that you're ready or not, right? Like you're like. Did you read uh, my Michael Jordan story in my book? I'm sure I did. Okay, so it's his first game back, Madison Square Garden. Sammy, off uh, off of uh, his baseball stint, he had the double nickel at Madison Square Garden. That's right. So, their their security's awesome. There, we just walk in the back door. They fold out like five chairs for us. Right beside the uh, the bench on Chicago Bulls. That's wheel. That's why people want to play in New York and not Columbus. You know. Exactly. <laughs> the big wheel. Hey, Robbie De Niro. How are you, buddy? <laughs> What's up, Bob? How's it going? So now it's like games on the line, and they've got their timeout, and there's Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan just kind of staring at each other, and then uh, and then Phil Jackson looks at Michael Jackson or Michael Jordan. Sorry. And uh, and then Phil looks at his bench, and he stares at one of the uh, the guys uh, on the bench, and Michael shakes him Waves off. Waves him off like a curveball. <laughs> then, then he looks at the other guy, and he shakes him off. And then he goes to the third guy, and Michael nods. That is honestly awesome. Hey, like that level of, that's like LeBron does that. LeBron's calling his teammate. LeBron's picking his coach, for crying out loud. That's that, I, so I'm, I'm watching this going, oh, my God, did you see that? He's coaching too. So I've seen and that. Think, think about Phil Jackson's reputation at that point already. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's still saying, all right, what do you but I've seen that, right? Where your best players on the bench and they're looking at the coach. The second there's any eye contact, the coach knows they're ready to go. And it's like, ah, uh, Borns, your your lines, you wait one. Sit one out here. Where we're gonna go back with good players. So that's that's the way it is. And and you're at the mercy of these star players. We know that. You're only as good as they take, they take you. So, you you want to work with Matthews, and I like the fact that you don't give him Marner right away. You see how the game goes. If you need to make some in-game adjustments, that's a big one for him. Do you think Tavares has a preference? Like he's pretty darn good with Mitch setting him up. Like yeah. if you're Willie, you're like, guys, you want to play with the best playmaker on the team. I think there's a reason both these guys probably. Play better with sixteen. Okay, I, it's I, hard. It's hard to deny it. I they want, both are better. I want you to both mm-hmm. play Sheldon Keith for a second here, and you have both. T- 
Tavares and Matthews in your office and both say, I want Mitch Marner. Yeah, that's a What short, do you do? That's, thanks. thanks for coming out, John. Go back to your stall. Yeah. Uh, have fun <laughs> with 88, John. John, I'm shaking you off like a... <laughs> like Michael Jordan. Like, like a, a, a 3 what, fastball, curveball? You don't want it, whatever it is. Nope. Yeah. So Matthews is it. He's the guy that you, you probably need to make. So what is what happiest. does Sheldon Keith say to Justin Hall when Hall comes in and says, uh, I would like to play with uh, anyone in the lineup. Can I get in the lineup, please, tomorrow night? What is that, four in a row? He's three in a row, and I don't four see him Saturday? changing the lineup, the lineup now. Yeah, four would be Saturday. Oh, listen, you put Hall in Saturday night against the Boston Bruins and you lose? Then you get to say... You don't want you don't want to listen to our show Monday, so well you, you do, but <laughs> not not if you're Sheldon Keefe. Can I can I ask you a question about the the sort of Hall Lilligren experiment here? What like what's the length of time now that we need to be convinced that this is Lilligren versus the amount of time that they decided that Hall was unplayable? Like uh, how much longer do we need to see this from Lilligren to yeah. you know? Have them stuck in the lineup. I say game two in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get there then, eh? Justin Hall is going to play against the Kings on Monday night. I promise. I promise. <laughs> Come on. I kid. don't. I, I don't disagree with you, JB, because you are now in danger of taking a two million dollar asset and devaluing, de- devaluing it. Yeah. You have to. You have to show people that uh, he's capable and he can play. And uh, there's nothing really wrong with him other than uh, we've fallen out of love with him. Four games is a lot. You know what? It could be a Dermot thing. If Dermot has a halfway nag and injury, you know, and he wasn't awesome and had two, you know, they may say, all right, Trav, it's your turn to sit one out. Halsey's going back in. But it doesn't seem like it'd be Lilligren if they took someone out. What did you say? 13% of the season is 13%. 13.4% of the season is There you go, my data guy. Yeah. 13.4. It is long enough where, without a doubt, Kyle Dubas, Brendan Shanahan, and Sheldon say, we don't love our blue line. Oh, yeah. They're there now, eh? Okay. So something has to give. Like you, I, I you, do think there's the Hulk, like pump an asset like Dermot's playing with Riley for a reason right now. You, you think there's a chance Hulk can come back in and get in good books and I do. Sa- save his job? I do. I actually I wanted to say this on the show. I think there's a little bit of a chance here that this has been some manipulation of Dermot and Hull by the organization. That their names and trade rumors, Hull's in the press box. They know they need these guys. They can't take on much more salary. I do think there's a chance that this is intentional that it's out there, that, you know, this is very public. So these guys... Another plant. A plant. Tinfoil hat's on. I don't know. Tinfoil hat's off. I do think there's a chance. I think that's a long way to go. I don't know. All you do is get their name in a couple of rumors by telling one person and boom. That sounds pretty desperate to me to get... Oh, I think they're desperate. Hall going is I'm going to leak out. We're going to sit them out four games and then we're going to start trade rumors. I, I believe I, that I, one. I don't but, think that's that far-fetched. But I I don't also believe that this is the blue line that's going to no. get out of the no, first, first round. round. I totally agree. Okay, so someone else so is going to play here. Start the process But now. I think it's Dermot. 
I think they like Hall. I think there's manipulation to get Hall back going. I I know though the the Dermot's just not a valued asset. You can't get can't get uh, fifth round pick. What are you gonna? Okay, do? but that's done. That's no, not, I know, I know. That doesn't make you better. And you're you're still maybe one injury like Muzzin getting hurt again. Where where is that blue line if Muzzin goes down again? Well, you need to have seven or eight good guys in this NHL. Well, you, you you don't do that by giving them away for seventh round picks. No, I agree. I think there's a chance they keep them both. I'm not, you know, it's it's possible. It's just I, they definitely, to your point, that I don't think this is a D that gets out of the first round. I think they can keep them both, but I also think they can say we're, we're going to need one of the names we mentioned on the show the other day. Maybe someone from Florida, moderate D over there. I don't know. The only real statement last night was Jack Campbell's. Mm. Pay the man. No. Wait. Pay the man. They're not even negotiating, I heard. Vasilevsky versus... Oh, we'll get into that. <laughs> that didn't that didn't go over my to, head. I had to slip that in there. No, 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 no. But when you find a way... When it's all said and done, to be one save better than Vasilevsky, you've had your health. You've had yourself one hell of a night. Oh yeah, he was beaming, positively beaming in his press conference after. Oh, do we, should we play Jack talking about the Big Four and just to hear Happy Jack? Yeah, yes, yeah, I, I like hearing Happy Jack. Let's have it. Great to see. You know, they work so hard. A lot of pressure <laughs> on those guys, and um, you know, those big dogs are coming to play. It's great <laughs> to see, and we're going to need it. Oh, he's so unassuming. He's a happy Labrador. <laughs> Those big dogs are coming to play. It's great to see. And that should be the lead into our show. <laughs> the big dogs are coming to play. God, he's the nicest guy on earth, right? Does he try, is. I got to ask you out it's there. Great to see Do you it. love it or does it make you a little crazy? A little. I I I, I love it. I, I, lo- I love it more than anything, but I, a little. It it made me. It it kind of drove me crazy. Earlier. Yeah. I'm just. It's infectious. It's kind of getting to me because <laughs> I am one of those guys. If someone is too nice, you don't trust them. Sometimes you got a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, what's that character in Leave It to Beaver, Mrs. Cleaver? Uh, Eddie Haskell. Eddie Haskell. See, look at you. I'm like 20 years older than you. And you it's a reference that. my mom uses, Eddie. to be honest, Kimber. <laughs> <laughs> You're Eddie Haskell. No, That's, no, no, but one of my buddies. Everybody's got an Eddie Haskell buddy. Yeah. My mom says, I don't know about that guy. He's a bit of an Eddie Haskell. See, and that's, and then you go, no. Nobody can keep that act up that long. Jack Campbell makes me feel stoned. He makes me feel like we've just been, like, burning <laughs> one on the couch. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, what do you, th- it's just a good day. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, he's just got that vibe about him. I can't hang with you on weekends now. <laughs> I can't. I'm surprised little Buddha doesn't have a line of gummies coming out. <laughs> Fairly soon. Fairly soon. Good. So, a few days ago, I put out a tweet that uh, talked about negotiations, Jack Campbell. And uh, today, lots are refuting. The uh, Athletic wrote one about Kurt Overhart, who uh, I don't know if he... This was Kurt Overhart's quote today. And I don't know if it's basically... uh, It's a 
denial or it's semantics. You tell me. But he basically says there are no talks currently ongoing with the Leafs. <laughs> Lawyerly. Right? According to Campbell's agent. So do I believe that there are negotiations going on? I don't know that. But do I believe at some point there was contact? At some point, was there a number thrown out? So you tell me now if if there were talks on an extension and Kurt shuts it down, says no, and goes, we're just going to play it out, play out the rest of the year. Leave us alone. Mm-hmm. Were there negotiations? Are there negotiations going on? I think it's fair to say that you tried to get a deal done and and didn't happen. Right. So this is the Leafs saying before Jack posts a nine twenty six in sixty games this year. Maybe let's offer him three times four and just see if he wants a security. I bet you that's what they offered him. Right. It's like, will you take this quickly before it gets ugly? So in the report, too, in The Athletic, Duba says, goaltender's going to be a priority for us to maintain space for. Yeah. And then they go on in the article to say that it's likely that they're going to wait to the offseason to negotiate. I don't know. If you ask me, one plus one equals three here. Yeah. If it's a priority... Why are you insinuating in the article that they're going to wait to the off season? Can I don't can make I, no sense? Can I tell you what I saw in that article Please. that made no sense to me? Yeah, was the line that uh, they don't want to negotiate now because it'll eliminate uh, any distraction, right? Not they don't want to negotiate because it'll it'll eliminate distraction. You know what? Have you ever worked on an expiring contract? You know the the finish lines coming up any minute. You know what's distracting that. That's distracting. You can't focus on your work when you're worried about, uh, is my deal about to expire in 10 minutes here? So I don't really understand the idea that not negotiating is somehow better. Uh, to me, that, that, that leaves it open for distraction. And I have been down this path before. I don't know if you're aware, but... Uh, Which path is it? Uh, the, the kind of breaking news yes. and, and, and giving information out and uh, being accused of being full of crap which I think Kurt maybe had done it in the Toronto Sun today. I think he may have uh, said verbatim. And actually. I will say this, that I think Kurt Overhart's a, a hell of an agent. He's gotten some big contracts uh, off, off hand. I had Truba, $8 million bucks in New York. Ryan Johansson. He's had some good goalies uh, if, if, off the top of my head. Marty Turco. Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's big. He, he knows what he's doing. You know what I would want so, my agent to do? I will say what that. What he's done. So, exactly. I would like him to go out there and He's, say, no, we're not talking money. My, my client's playing hockey. And let me just give, give you a little picture, okay? There, there's, there's negotiations in Nashville, Tampa Bay, where there might be a call from a beat writer or two. And then there's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. So, I put this thing out a few days ago. And what do you think happens? I mean, now we're, it's a vultures. That's what happens on Kurt in search of carrion. He is spending the next three days taking a hundred phone calls from all the media here. 
Sportsnet, TSN, every insider, every athletic guy covering the Leafs, everybody in the radio, everywhere. I know I probably pissed him off on that. Yeah, you made it. You definitely didn't make right? his day better. So what also happens, JB, is between the Leafs now and Kurt, they're going, all right, who's leaking? That's guaranteed. I just see Nicholson either, and the departed looking for a either, rat. Either, <laughs> either Kyle or Kurt called one another and said, this is bullshit. Yeah. It's got to stop right now. You know what it was? Jack, you know what Jack was probably telling the boys at Red Lobster. You know right? what happens is, is, is Kurt goes, oh, okay, I'll go. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go fix this. Now, do I think for one second there wasn't one attempt for Kyle Dubas to get Jack Campbell signed? Of course there was. Come on. Yeah. People, <laughs> read the tea leaves on this. Don't fall for the smoke, JB. I won't. Here's the problem, though. Yeah, there is, there, JB, there is no negotiations. That part's true. There might have been for a split second, but there, there is no wiggle room here. They, the Leafs tried to get him signed to whatever they tried to get him signed, and then there's the no. So we, what happened we, we is think, Campbell we, just bet on himself. We, he turned down a deal. We think he's better than what you're offering right now, and we think you better start with a five or we have no conversation and nowhere to go. I got to tell you, if I was a, a guy like Campbell, who's made three in his career, that would make me sick. If I was like, we're going to like, you know, we're, we're going to play chicken over a million when we're talking about four and five per year. We're going to do this. I'm, t- I'm telling my agent, listen, if it gets up to four and a half here, let's, and let's I get love, this done. I love that this is coming out. And Jack Campbell stood on his head last night. Didn't rattle him one bit. That's actually a good sign. Okay. For sure. I yeah. think this guy's ready now more than ever. And he's got the net, and it's his net, and it's going to be his his net against the Boston Bruins. And I'm not sure I'd bet against it on Saturday night either. He's looking. He is sharp but right now. If you're the Leafs right now and this is coming out, you don't want this conversation. You know what conversation you want? The one everybody had on Morgan Riley. Uh, we're just going to wait till the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Until it happens. Did that one leak out, Sammy? No. Not at all. Not at all. That's the way the Leafs want it. We'll tell you when we've signed somebody. Oh, uh, Lamorello sets the bar so high, right, with the secrecy. They love being the, 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 the newsbreaker. Leafs PR puts it out. That's their favorite thing.